0: Hello, Real Life family. It's good to be with you today as we continue our series on spirit living. And today I want to talk about the title of this message is The Most Excellent Way. The Most Excellent Way, which uh, Paul is coining that phrase in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, at the very last phrase, right before 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And he says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. So we're going to talk about love today how the Holy Spirit um, wants to fill us with the love of God, so much so that the love of God is able then uh, to be given away to others. You know, we can't give what we do not have. And we need the love of God. We need it for ourselves. But this world needs the love of God through us as well. And, and, And because we're the ambassadors of God, Uh, What we're really communicating, what we're really offering to this world isn't just words, but it's love. It's the love of God, the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. So let's just pray as we get started. God, thank you for the opportunity to just talk about your love today. And more than anything, Lord, we need to experience your love. And I pray that to my friend who is listening right now, myself, that we will experience your love, even as we're talking about your love. Lord, let your love be experienced by us today, and may we be overflowing with your agape love, the love that's not earned, not deserved, um, that's just freely given without any strings attached. May we be filled with your love today in such a way that we are overflowing that love to others as well. We just pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit, to anoint us, to see your truth, to experience your truth, to walk into your truth today, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I want to get started by simply reminding you that as far as our human makeup, right, that, that uh, I am a spirit, you are a spirit, I live in a body, you live in a body, and I have a consciousness, you have a consciousness. We have these, uh, you know, I guess if you want to call them three parts of our existence, right? We have the the consciousness, which is our mind, our will, our emotions. We have the, some people call that the soul. So we have a soul. And then we have a physical body with uh, some capabilities, some limitations. Our bodies grow tired. Um, I've been running. I just got done running this morning, and I'm tired from running. Um, you know, we can pull a muscle, we can get tan, we can change our hair color. So we have the physical dimension of who we are. We have the soul, the inside stuff, our will, our thoughts, our emotions. But we are spirit. We are a spirit. I am a spirit. You are a spirit. We are eternal beings made in the image of God. And God breathed his breath into us. When God breathed his breath into us, the Bible says we became alive. Now, this is after God had already formed our body. He formed our body, it says in Genesis, with his own hands. And he took the clay or the dirt of the earth and he formed us. He formed our structure, our physical structure. But we were not alive until God breathed his breath into us. And then it says, man became a living being. So when God breathed into us, it wasn't just air. Uh, Another word, uh, the same word in Hebrew for breath is also spirit and wind. And so God breathed his spirit into us. That word is ruach. And so he breathed his very essence, the very essence of life into us, and we came alive. And so we are spirit. I am a spirit. I have a spiritual side to me. Now, when we look at our world, plant life exists on a physical level, right? A physical plane. But then you go up a notch and then you look at the animal kingdom. And the animal life exists on a physical, they have physical bodies as well, but they also have a conscious level. They have feelings. um, They have thoughts. They have wills. If you ever try to train an animal like a dog, you know the dog has a will. <laughs> and so you have the animal luck. But there's a difference between animals and humans, because mankind, you and I, as humans, we all also have, in addition to our physical bodies and our consciousness, our souls, we are a spirit, right? And we live on a spiritual plane that the animal kingdom and plant life does not have or experience whatsoever. So we have physical needs. We look at the physical part of us. Um, we have biological, psych, physiological needs. Um, these are called uh, body drives. So we have the air drive, the hunger drive, the thirst drive. You know, we need things for our physical bodies to work. And then we look at the conscious level, and we have sociological and psychological needs. We need love. We need relationships. We need belonging. Um, our souls. You know, our our, our minds. These things. We need connection. We need those types of things, right? But on a spiritual level, we also have spiritual needs, and our greatest spiritual need is to have a meaningful relationship with God. Now, whether you believe in God or not, most likely you do because you're watching this. But for any human being at all, just just saying, "Well, I don't believe in God," does not fix your spiritual problem because you and i as human beings we are a spirit and our spirit needs to be connected to god there's only one true god and there's only one who made us and it is to him that we need to have a relationship and until a human being has a meaningful relationship a spiritual connection with their creator almighty god they will be frustrated, they will be missing something, they will be lacking something, and they won't even be able to put their finger on it. So just because a person might say, well, I don't believe in God, doesn't mean they don't, they don't have that spiritual need any longer. They do. They're just going to be looking in other places, but they will never find it until we find God. For us as a, as a human being, uh, no man, no woman is complete. Right In this experience of, of life until we have a meaningful relationship with God. You need a meaningful relationship with God. Um, you know, psychologists uh, have a hard time defining this, but sometimes they will talk about it as frustration. like there is something within man that that, that we know there's something not right, there's something missing, right? there's there's, there's a need that we haven't had met yet, and that need is God. We need Him. We need God. We need a relationship with Him. And we are thankful today that God has made a relationship with Him available to each and every one of us. The Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be forgiven of our sins, and we will be brought back into the family of God. We will be adopted by God as his children. And the Bible says, look at what great love God the Father has lavished on us, that we would be called children of God, and that is what we are. And so God offers to us freely a redeeming love, to you and to me, to come home to him, to be forgiven of our sins and be reunited in our spirit with him. Jesus called that being born again. And if you've never done that, you haven't experienced that, and you know the frustration of of something's not right, something's wrong, you've been looking and looking and looking and not finding what that, uh, not getting that subtleness inside of you, whatever that is, it is him, it is God. And today you can call out to God through Jesus Christ. You can place your faith in him and be saved and born again and come alive. And that's what the gospel is all about, is the opportunity for every single one of us to be born again, to be saved, and to come back into a meaningful relationship with our creator, with God. So with these three levels, I also want to talk about three levels of love from the Greek language. Now, the Old Testament in the Bible was written primarily in the language of Hebrew, um, but the New Testament uh, primarily was written in the language of Greek. And so uh, when we read into the New Testament uh, and we start to get into the original meaning of the words, um, we want to study some of those Greek words that were used that were later translated into English for your Bible and for mine. What's interesting about this is in the English language, uh, we have the word love, and in the Greek language, there's eight different words used for the word love. And so they have different types of meanings to it. So I wanna talk about three of those, okay? One is the word eros, eros. And from this word in Greek, we get a word like erotic. And it is a physical love. It's, a phys- it's on the physical level, dealing with bodies. And so it's physical, it's biological, it's sexual. Uh, it's a love that is, is a self-love and it's thinking of itself, myself. Like if I was um, involved in erotic love right now, I'm looking to please myself, my body. I want my body to be satisfied, right? So it's not a love in which... a person is caring about another person person, or focused on someone else's uh, benefit. It's only self-love. It's self-focus, and it's typically physical or sexual in nature. Okay, so that's Eros. That's one level. We will see that word in the Bible at times, but it just says love. And so you have to dig deeper, figure out what kind of love are we talking about. The second level, which is a higher level, I think, is sociological or emotional level. So again, we're physical beings. We have a physical body. The physical word used for love is eros, and it's focused on self. But then we have a soul, soul, right? A mind, will, and emotions. And on the sociological, uh, psychological, emotional level, the word in Greek is philia. Philia. And from philia, we have, like, I would use the word Philadelphia. And many of us know that Philadelphia is a, is a great city in our, in our country, and its nickname is the city of brotherly love because Philadelphia means brotherly love. So this kind of love is a reciprocal love. It's like a friendship love. It's um, you and I, maybe we have shared interests. Uh, we have a friendship because we like doing things uh, with each other. And I would, in a friendship, I would love you. By thinking about you taking interest in you having a conversation with you caring about things that you care about but also with the expectation that you care about me you help me uh, you're interested in things that I'm interested in and it's a reciprocal relationship that's what friendships are right healthy friendships are two people that are agreeing to care about each other be together care you know uh, help each other out mutual interests you give I give to you, but there's an expectation that you're going to give to me, right? Um, giving to receive or giving because I have received. That's kind of the basis of philia. And then there's the highest level of love, and this is the spiritual level. So we went physical, sociological, and now we're going spiritual. Just like we are physical beings, we have a conscious conscious, conscience, conscience and then we have um, this spirit I am a spirit and on this level the word that's used for love in the Bible is agape agape this love is a divine love it's a spiritual love it's a God love it's not a man love it's a God love and this kind of love is way different than the others this love chooses to give without any expectation of return to give without any conditions set up to receive. Um, so this love is, is uh, giving without requiring, without expecting, without seeking to receive anything else. It is not looking for reciprocation. It's not looking for anything to come back. It is just a one-way love that's going out from the, the source without any expectations, of anything coming back at all. It's love for the sake of love, and the only one that can do this is God. It's God. You're like, oh, wait a minute. What do you mean the only one that can do it? Well, we'll get to it later because God does want you and I to love that way. But again, let me just say it this way, the only one who can love that way is God. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. He gave what? He gave everything. He gave his one and only son right? And so we see that God's nature, his very nature, is love. The Bible says God is love in 1 John 4, 8. But the amazing thing about God and this kind of love is that the desire of God is for you to not only experience his love, his agape love, the love that comes to you and to me without me earning it, deserving it, or even doing some conditional things to keep it, just experiencing the love of God. God just loves me. God just loves you. No strings attached, right? Not only does God want you to experience his love like this, but he also wants to love through you in this same way to other people. And this is why we're talking about this today, because this is only done through the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about spirit living. This series is about learning to live life under the control of the Holy Spirit. Living life submitted to the will of God, submitted to the Holy Spirit being in control. Last week I talked about the end how if our mind is set on the sinful nature and we do what the sinful nature desires it produces death in us and all the the the, um the results of that sin is brokenness and pain and hurt and all those evil things right but if we set our minds on the things that the spirit desires and we allow the holy spirit to be in control not our sin not ourself But the Holy Spirit, then the Bible says there's a whole different set of fruits that come from that lifestyle of living in the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is agape love. It's love. This is the ingredient that makes all the difference in the world. And so Jesus said this in John 13, 34, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now, we know this verse. We've talked about this verse quite a bit. But today, I want to really stress the idea that the word for love here is agape. This is not friendship love. Jesus didn't say, a new command I give you, philea, you know, philea one another, philea one another, as I have philea'd you, so philea one another. Be a good friend to one another, support one another, um, and work things out together. That's not what he's saying. It's not philea It's definitely not eros. All right, he is saying agape. He's saying a new command I give you: agape one another, love one another without any expectation. Of anything coming back to you. Love one another for the sake of loving. Freely give without any conditions, without any expectations of return. Because that is how I have loved you. That's how I am loving you. That's how I will always love you. And because you have freely received, now freely give without any expectation. Wow this is impossible (laughs) this is impossible for you and for me to love like this without god doing it through us but this is what jesus and this is what god is inviting us to experience and so we need the holy spirit this is what the holy spirit does the holy spirit fills us with With God's love. He reveals how much loved we are. He reveals all of these beautiful treasures of our relationship in God, and we develop this spiritual connection so that we have this spiritual love so that we can give this spiritual love that we do not have in and of ourselves. Agape love is not a love that can be generated by any human being. It is a spiritual love, It's not a human love. It comes from God. That's what I'm trying to stress. We cannot love the way God has loved us without the Holy Spirit doing it through us. And so John 13, 35, the very next verse, Jesus says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you agape one another. I think... Typically, when we talk about love in church, I think we're kind of thinking in our brains, you know, we should all be really close friends. We should all support each other and uh, we should be there for each other. But I really think we're just talking about a strong human love. I think that's what we're thinking about. I think that's what we, we can comprehend. And so we feel this pressure that yes, we really should do more for one another. We should uh, be there for one another. And we should, okay, we should. We should for sure. But it's so much bigger and more impossible than that, is what the scriptures are calling us to do. We absolutely are called to live in a spirit realm. We are called to live a spirit-filled life. And it is only through living in this spirit-filled life that we can love one another in, in an agape level that doesn't require any reciprocation from other people. Because we're human. Our humanness, when we love, we want to be loved back. We just have that built-in expectation but this is on a higher level this is a god level and it's only going to be generated through you by the holy spirit that's why we're talking about this when we're talking about living in the spirit walking by the spirit all right so we are giving to each other without requiring or asking for a return that's what agape love is and when we have this kind of love for one another it is so unique so powerful That the world sees this kind of love and and they marvel and say surely this is a disciple of Jesus Christ surely this is a man a woman of God they they surely have God working through them because this is not a human thing this is a God thing and that's what turns people's attention to God Jesus said, let your light shine in such a way, right? And the idea is that they will see God working through your life. It's a God thing, it's not a good person thing. It's not me being a good person. It is the Holy Spirit living in me and through me and living in you and through you that's doing what only God can do, and that is agape, other people, love other people. Wow, what an amazing challenge. And so as I mentioned before, The Greek language, I'm going to give you eight quick different words uh, for love. Because this word is so foreign to our nature, Paul is led by the Holy Spirit, excuse me, led by the Holy Spirit to define this word agape in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 so that we understand that we're not talking about a human love. And in our English language, we have one love, we have one word for love, but in Greek, here's the eight different words that I found. Eros, which we already did, is romantic love or sexual love. Philia is affectionate love, like a friendship love. And then agape, which is unconditional love. And I'm saying that is a spiritual, God, um, divine love. Then there's storgy, which is familiar love. Mania, which is obsessive love. (laughs) It's interesting. Ludus, which is playful love. Pragma, which is enduring love and thelucia, which is self-love. And so in the Greek language, you have all these different words for love. But in our language, we just typically have one word. So I can love uh, golfing. I can love sleeping in. I can love uh, competing. I can love hot fudge Sundays, right? I can love pizza, and I can love my wife. But how many of you know, there's a huge difference between how I love pizza and how I love my wife or love my kids. I mean, those things aren't even in the same ballpark, but we use the exact same word. And so sometimes in our language, when we use the word love, we, we, you know, there's a whole big gap of, of definition or meaning that's missing there. How can I love pizza and use the same word to describe how I love my children or my wife? I mean, they're not even close to the same thing, right? And so when we look at this word today, agape, that's my desire. This actually is a specific word chosen to describe what God is doing for you and how he wants to work through you. This isn't the same thing as love and pizza, all right? This this is a whole different level when we talk about the specifics of agape love. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. I hope to do a message or two on this later in the series about the spiritual gifts. And and you may have heard of of these gifts before. The gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift, gift of discernment or speaking in tongues, or interpreting tongues, or the gift of prophecy, or healing, or miracles. Wow, this is all the fantastic stuff, right? Everybody wants to have the gift of miracles, or the gift of healing, or the gift of wisdom, or knowledge. I mean, these things are exciting, right? It would be amazing to be able to um, have a a ministry where the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you have the gift of healing and you go to the hospital. Can you imagine going to a hospital and just going room to room and just healing everybody like Jesus would just heal people and empty out that whole, that whole hospital floor or the whole building? People just start disconnecting their IVs and their monitors and their cables and stuff and they're just healed. I mean, that would be amazing, right? And yet God has these special giftings and these miracles and these words of prophecy and knowledge and wisdom for us. But before we get into those things, and those things happen, those things are possible. Uh, they, God still works that way today. God's still doing miracles. God's still speaking to us. He's still giving us revelation. He's still um, doing things that only he can do in us and through us. But at the end of this chapter in which Paul is talking about these gifts, at the end of chapter 12, he says, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. Paul is pivoting. And he's like, oh, we've talked about all these great things, miracles and, and signs and wonders and all these supernatural powers and gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he says, but now I'm going to show you the most excellent way. And we come to chapter 13. first Corinthians chapter 13. A lot of people know it as the love chapter. And this is where the Holy Spirit is leading Paul to define the word love, specifically to define the word agape. Agape. This isn't just love. This is agape love in which Paul is describing this so really this chapter is the definition of god's spiritual love agape love for you and for me and this is the greatest work of the holy spirit in our lives this is the most excellent way this is far greater than any miracles or any sacrifices or any other gifts that we could have is to be filled with the love of god and to freely Give that love to other people around. This is the greatest, most excellent thing that God wants to do in your life, and He does it through and only can do it through His Holy Spirit. So let's read some of this together, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not agape love, I am only a resounding gong. Or a clanging symbol, So Paul's like, let's just look at some of these gifts here. We just talked about speaking in tongues and other languages. And if I can do that, and I have this great gift, right, and I'm, and I'm exercising this gift, he says, but if I don't have love, it is meaningless, just like banging on a drum cymbal. I'm just making a noise. And if I don't have love, it counts for nothing. So some of us, you know, uh, some people put a lot of stock into having spiritual gifts. And somehow, sometimes people think that having a spiritual gift makes them uh, more important or, I don't know, like a better Christian or something like that, right? You can get some kind of religious pride connected to, well, God used me to do this and God used me to do that and God has given me this gift and We could do that, but Paul is saying very clearly here, that stuff without love, if you don't have agape love, that stuff is meaningless. It's pointless. That's how important the love of God is to be in your life through the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's no comparison. In verse 2, Paul says, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, agape, I am nothing. I mean, this is just incredible. It, literally, if I had faith to speak to a mountain, to move, and it moved, that would be on the front line news feed of every channel, right? Right? Uh, On the news that would be incredible that would be just unbelievable and and yet paul says if i can i know all mysteries i know everything there is to know and i have this faith that could do anything can do all these miracles but i don't have love paul says i am nothing in other words nothing compares to the desire and plan of god to fill you with his agape love And to have you be a conduit through the Holy Spirit of that love to other people. Nothing compares to this. The most excellent way. And then verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. I gain nothing. Wow. So powerful. You can even give your life away. You can become a martyr for God. But if you don't have love, Paul says, you gain nothing. You know, um, some of the things that we see when we look at Jesus' teachings about about heaven, about judgment, about our life, about uh, our stewardship and all that, is what becomes clear is that love is the preeminent requirement or motive uh, that God has for us for, um, for everything. In other words, the only motive that matters to God for what we do in our life is the motive of love. If we have any other motive when we serve God, or we give to God, or we do something for God, and that motive and, you know, the Bible says our hearts, they are so evil. They're so deceitful. We can't, we can't trust our feelings. We can't trust our hearts because sometimes our motives are so impure. They're so self-seeking. They're so self-promoting. They're, we're filled with insecurities. And we're always doing things, seemingly, to try to prop ourselves up or to make ourselves feel better or to make ourselves look better or to make ourselves feel important. And any motive that we, we do uh, things for God that's not from love, from agape, it counts for nothing. In fact, um, Jesus says when we have a motive that's not motivated by agape love, which means I love and give without any expectation of return, without any conditions, Without any reciprocation, not looking for any gain for myself, I'm just doing this, okay? When it's not that way, and we do get returns because our motive is to promote ourselves, Jesus says, that is your reward. You get no reward in heaven for those kinds of actions, those kinds of deeds, because you've got your reward. You've got the attention you were seeking. Uh, and, and so Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6:1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Jesus says, do not make your motive of serving God a motive in which you get attention or you get promotion or you look good in front of other people. That's all self-motivated motives to feed ourselves, to feed our pride, to make ourselves look good. Jesus says, be careful not to do things in order to be noticed or in order to be recognized or in order to promote yourself or to gain something from it. He says, if you do, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And so all that God wants to do is fill you with his Spirit, his Holy Spirit, So that the agape love, that you are living in, the agape love of God for you. So much so that now that same love, the Holy Spirit love in you, is the only love that's coming out of you. And when we have that love flowing, we are not looking for anything for ourselves. We're not looking for attention. We're not looking for... Promotion. We're not looking for us to be noticed. We're not trying to gain anything or receive anything There's zero of that in agape love. Agape love is giving and loving and serving without Anything to do with self Wow, and that is what makes a difference in this world. It's God It's not me trying to be a better me. it it's me surrendering to a better him, right? It's me allowing him, the Holy Spirit, to live through me. Obviously, I don't do this perfectly, none of us do. That's why we're talking about it. We're learning and practicing how to live submitted and surrendered and under the control of the Holy Spirit, because only the Holy Spirit can produce agape love in us and through us. But when he does, that's what makes all the difference in people's lives, It's the love of God it's the love of God, the agape love. And so we continue to reading this, and now Paul is starting to define this love. So everywhere you see the word love in this chapter, it is agape love. It's not philia, it's not brotherly love, it's not eros, it's not f- sexual love. This is the spiritual, God-level, divine love, agape. Everywhere you see, this whole chapter is defining this kind of love. So he goes into saying, love is patient. Agape is patient. Love is kind. You know, um, the agape love can forgive people, is patient with people, um, doesn't get irritated or anger angered uh, by people uh, because it's not it has no self-interest involved when you remove self when you remove self interest self-protection the ego of self when you remove those things okay then there is there's nothing to be angry about there's nothing to be impatient about there's nothing to withhold from and so agape removes the element of self and so when we read about these things, this is, this is beyond our ability to love this way. Love is patient. Agape is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It's not jealous. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not puffing itself up. It is not proud. It is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It has nothing to do with self. It's not easily angered. In fact, the true uh, translation of this doesn't even use the word easily. It just says it is not angered. Love is not angered. It's not offended because there's no self there. It, is, um, it, it says it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Agape love always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and agape love never fails, never fails. You know, if you're like me, um, I see a huge gap, right, in my life and my ability to live this way. And this is where I want to give you a warning, okay? (laughs) Uh, This warning Is when we see how far short uh, we have fallen and when we consider this kind of love then we would tend to put pressure on ourselves to close that gap and to start really working hard at loving people this way and I'm warning you about that because that is the most frustrating way to live life because you and I cannot love this way It is not a human love it is not a human capacity to love this way you and i cannot generate agape love because we're trying hard to do it we can't generate it we can't make it up we can't mimic this kind of love this love is not from man this is a divine love that only comes from god and that's why we're talking about this today Because he does this, God does this through the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. So you don't need to work harder at this. What we need to do is learn how to live in the Holy Spirit. Spirit living, that's the key. I cannot create this love within myself only through the Holy Spirit imparting it into my life. And so that's why we come to this verse in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, says this. Let me get it real quick here. Just skipped it a second. Now, it talks about earlier in the chapter that there are results we'll call works of the flesh. Works of the flesh, works of our sinful nature are evil. talks about sexual immorality, impurity, hatred, discord, jealousy, rage, envy, drunkenness, all these different things that come from living under self or under our sinful nature. The works of the flesh would be a phrase that we could think about. The works of the flesh, the results of the flesh are discord, hatred, anger. Immorality, sin, sin, bondage, brokenness, all kinds of pain, all kinds of disruption, anxieties and fears and insecurities, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the works of the flesh. That's what that produces. But then it goes into Galatians chapter 5, uh, 22 and says, but, but, in comparison to that, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And what kind of love? You got it, agape. But the fruit of the Spirit is agape. What are are we saying here? If you are living in the Spirit instead of living in yourself, in your sinful nature, we have the works of the flesh over here, living according to our sinful nature. But if we walk with the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit, the fruit of this lifestyle, produces agape love. So agape love comes not because you're trying to be a really good Christian or because you're getting your will together and you're really studying and you're really trying hard to please God and to love people. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You cannot generate it that way. But if you're living by the Spirit of God, if you're giving the Holy Spirit control of your day, of your thoughts, If you're dialing your mind into what the Spirit desires and you're living according to the Holy Spirit, the fruit of that lifestyle is agape. Agape love comes to you and to me and flows through you and me through the dwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, I hope you see what I'm talking about here. This is not about religion. This is all about having a real, dynamic, meaningful relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you have that relationship with the Holy Spirit, in those moments where you are abiding in the Spirit, you are producing agape love. The Holy Spirit, not you, is releasing agape love through your life. This is the key. This is the key to living a fruitful life in Him. The real proof of living a spirit-filled life is not dynamism and uh, a charismatic personality, being loud, uh, having all these spiritual gifts. Listen, the real proof of a spirit-filled life is the presence of agape love. Because agape love is only present through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. When you start loving people like God loves you, When you start loving people for no other reason, um, to gain nothing from it, to gain nothing from them, no recognition, to to don't, there's no motive of personal recognition, personal benefit. You're just loving like God has loved you. That is evidence of a spirit-filled life. Now, none of us are perfect at this. We're all on the journey, learning how to do this more and more. But every moment that we are living according to the spirit, is a moment that we are living in God's will and good things are happening. Jesus put it this way in uh, John chapter 15. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, all things are possible, Right? so he challenges us, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. So it's kind of like if we think about an apple tree, right? The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love. And you say, "Hold on a minute, there's nine fruits of the spirit." Well, that's how most of us think about it, but really there's one fruit of the spirit. It doesn't say the fruit of the spirit are, it says the fruit of the spirit is. There's one. It's love. And then we get into this other eight qualities of love. It's just, again, Paul describing what this agape love looks like. Uh, so when he says, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then when he says joy, joy is, is, is a description of this kind of agape. Joy, peace, patience, right? He's just defining it. Goodness, gentleness, um, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, all of these are qualities that come from agape love. There's one fruit of the spirit. It's love. It's the agape love that looks like all these other things. It'll produce joy in your life. This, this agape love will produce peace in your life. This agape love will cause you to be kind and good and gentle and self-controlled. You'll be faithful right? You, you'll see these qualities. You believe in people. Through God's eyes, you begin to see people. You can release these, um, this love to others who don't, maybe don't deserve it because yourself is out of the way. It's a God love, right? And so we see that um, being described in, in, with these different, different words. And, and so the real proof, though, as I was saying, is this kind of love is only generated, And flows through us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus um, was asked once, right, by um, a religious person, and he said, hey, what's the greatest commandment, right? We talk about this often. Jesus in Matthew chapter 22 answered him and said, love, which is, by the way, agape, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first And greatest commandment and the second is like it love agape your neighbor as yourself all the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments and so we see that the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine is to bring this agape love into a reality in our own lives that we experience God in his agape love, so much so that we are also able then to love God this way and to love one another this way. This is a God work, a God love, and it will change your life and the lives of those around you. We have, um, you know, fruit, if you think about um a, an apple, for instance, on a tree. If, you'll, if, you, if you have some other gardens and you see different things growing, right? <clears throat> the apple isn't on that tree straining and working hard you know, to produce itself, to be fruitful. If, what is it doing? It's just hanging in there. It's just connected to the branch. And as long as that apple is connected to the branch... It's going to produce fruit. It's going to become a fruit. It's going to grow. It's going to ripen. And, and, but if it ever becomes disconnected, right? If it becomes disconnected from the tree, then it stops developing. It dies. Any fruit that becomes disconnected begins to die. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's using that analogy for you and for me. Because I can't strain and produce fruit in my own effort. I can't say, today I'm really going to do something great for God, and I'm going to work really hard for God, and I'm going to love people, and I'm going to really give myself away, and I'm going to do all this stuff, right? And, but that's not what Jesus says. He does not say, go out there and give it your best. He says, abide in me, and I will abide in you through his Holy Spirit, and you will bear much fruit. So it's hanging in there. It's trusting in this relationship with God. It is developing this relationship with the Holy Spirit and abiding in His will and walking in His presence. And the fruit will come. Then the fruit is agape love. And so the challenge today is very similar to last week's challenge. <clears throat> Excuse me. is to develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit. To just continue to learn how to surrender, how to abide in, how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. To read the Bible, to pray, to worship, to seek God, to put God first in your life, and to develop this moment-by-moment relationship with the presence of God wow that's what God wants he wants you to abide in him he wants you to trust in him he wants you to follow him and Jesus is the Holy Spirit who's come to be your helper he will teach you all things he will guide you into all truth he'll make everything I, everything that I have he will make it known to you the riches of the relationship that you now have with God And of course, the number one thing of all of that is you are going to learn how much God loves you. The Holy Spirit is going to impart to you this love and overflow that in you so you can love others. So as we close this message, I just want to pray a prayer for you as well today that you would experience this love, that you would not run out and try to be a great super Christian, but that you would humble yourself before God Learn to live in His Holy Spirit, seek Him, develop your relationship with God, trusting in Him that He's gonna do the work in you as you abide in Him. Lord, I just thank you for this message. I pray, Lord, that you will just impart this truth into our hearts and there will be a tangibleness to your love present in each and every one of us. Today, God, we repent from trying to do all of this in our own efforts, in our own flesh. Our flesh cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit only comes from your Spirit. We see that today. And Lord, I pray for all of us that we will all grow in our ability to be filled with your Holy Spirit and to enjoy the fruit of your Spirit, which is agape love. Not just for us, but Lord, for those around us that you would love people through us, through our lives. We pray your fresh filling of our hearts today and your spirit to keep teaching us and guiding us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, let me just bless you as well before we go, okay? Now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you have a great week filled with the Holy Spirit, and may the agape love just fall upon you and fill you and flow freely through you to others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.